0: Five, minus four, minus three, minus two, X minus one, fire. Lights out, everybody. The creaking door. Dimension Inner Sanctum Mystery. Minus
1: minus 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 one that is
2: Hello everyone. Welcome to Sci-Fi and Horror, brought to you by Duane Old Time Radio sci-fi and horror feature some of the best programs from the golden age of radio including x-1 orbiter x dimension x slot x's lights out ray bradbury dark fantasy and many many more before we start today's sci-fi and horror thriller if you enjoy what i'm doing let me ask you to subscribe to my channel subscribing is 100 free and you will receive notifications on new posts Lastly, if you have a moment, please write a short one or two-sentence review or give a rating on your preferred podcast service. A positive review or rating would help me out a lot. And now, on to the show. And again, thank you for your support. Hope you enjoy. We are going to wrap up Journey Into Space with their storyline, Operation Luna. This will be episodes 11, 12, and 13, the final three episodes. Episode 11 aired June 4th, 1958. 12 aired June 11th, 1958. And the final episode, episode 13, aired June 18th, 1958.
0: Journey into space. The BBC presents Jet Morgan in Operation Luna. Jet Morgan and the crew of rocket ship Luna, stranded on the Earth thousands of years before the time they left it, were persuaded by a voice that spoke to them over their personal radios to enter one of the circular spacecraft that they'd seen many times since they'd set out for the moon. They were taken to a city, a city of domes, and then again at the invitation of the strange voice, they entered a door in one of the domes, a door which opened up into a tunnel leading deep into the Earth. Finally they came upon a great open space full of strange plants and lit by artificial daylight. Once again, the voice was heard, and Jet and his crew were invited to descend the long flight of steps from which they'd viewed the immense underground world and meet the voice in person. Well, we've touched bottom. What now? I suppose we better follow this path. It's the only one. Well, there's one thing I'm grateful for. What's that, Lenny? It ain't likely there'd be any saber-toothed tigers down here. Hey, look, directly ahead. Oh, No! Another just... sphere. Oh, a complete oh. one this time, not just a doom. Hello? Yeah, yes? You are getting very close to me now. Oh. In a few moments, we shall meet. Are you in that dive in bell or whatever it is? Yes, I am. Do you want us to come in there or, or will you come out? The door will open, but you needn't enter. You may just like to look in first. Very well. Yeah, I don't like this. Let's go back. No, let me stay where you are. Well, it's open. Can you see anybody anything in there? Yeah, it's it's rather dark. It, yes, I can. There, see? What? Oh no! Oh, 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 Lemmy. Let me. Me
1: oh no! No, no, he can't be! Oh, oh let me get out of here! Let me! Oh. Let me come back to here! Oh. No, get I can't! Don't stay here, mate. Come on, before something terrible happens
0: to all of us. Doc, Mitch, wait here. Yeah. Where are you going? To bring Lemmy back. Right. Uh, the door shut again. You must have seen how the sight of him affected us. Yeah, it was kind of a shock. Quite unlike anything I expected. Me too, Doc. Even though I caught no more than a glimpse of him. It was like a... Well, I... A... A- an armadillo? Yes... Yes, I suppose you could describe it as that—an armadillo that stood up on its hind legs, and it had a blue and red face like like those monkeys. What are they called, Doc? Oh, mandrills, you mean? Yeah. It was the bright colours that gave me the biggest shock. I expected somebody rather like ourselves, flesh-coloured at least. Uh, so did I. It was such a surprise. I... Well, here comes Gent coming back with Lemmy. Ah, Lemmy seems to have had quite a fright. What happened? Did the door shut again? Yeah, almost immediately. It was as though he didn't want to shock us, like he wished to hide himself from us as quickly as possible. Oh, Jet, let's get away from here. No, Lemmy, we mustn't let him see we're afraid. Well, I'm not afraid, not anymore, but I just can't stand anything so ugly, that's all. The sight of you had much the same effect on us when we first saw you. Eh? But we got used to it, and now we accept you. What you mean? We scared you? Not scared us shocked us. But we couldn't be that ugly. Look, you must excuse us. It was so unlike anything we'd expected. We understand. You need worry about it no more. We brought you here for your own safety. We would not like your stay to be unpleasant. That's very considerate of you. I will not show myself to you again unless you wish it. If you can get used to us, who are so different from you, we can do the same. It is harder for you. We have had many opportunities of observing you, of getting used to you. But now I expect you'd like to refresh yourselves and rest. Yes, please. We'd like to very much. It has all been arranged. If you follow the path, you will come to another sphere, just like this one. The door will be open. Go inside. There will be food and beds for you. When you have rested, I shall contact you again. Thank you. Yes, mate. Thanks a lot. And uh, I'm sorry I've kicked up all that fuss. They've really done us proud, haven't they? You think this food's any good to eat? <laughs> Only one way to find out. Well, mm. what's it like, Doc? Mm, rather, rather sweet, but okay. Rather like honey, but with the texture of bread. Yeah, I suppose these things are for us to sleep on. And what else could they be? Well, I mean, who ever heard of a circular bed with with a dip in the middle? That's to stop you falling out. And what do we do with bed covers? How do we keep warm? Temperature's uniform in here and outside, too. Quite warm enough for sleeping. Even when we undress? Perhaps they don't expect us to undress. The, the voice didn't seem to be wearing any clothes. Oh, what about all that shell stuff? That armour plate in, wasn't that clothes? I doubt it. I doubt very much if they wear clothes at all. Oh, Becky wouldn't like that. Like what? Oh, well, i like to think I've been associating with a lot of nudists. Yeah, well, I don't know about you, but I'm all for getting some sleep. <laughs> Bedclothes or no. How's it feel, Mitch? Hey, Mitch. Good night. He's asleep already. Eh? Well, isn't he? Yeah. I suppose it is just sleep. I suppose that couch couldn't be some kind of trap. Oh, how could it be? Oh, why not? You lie on it and whoops, you're off. Lost to the world. And then when all four of us are laid out, in come them gremlins or whatever they are and we've had it. Hey, Mitch. Mitch. Huh? What's the matter? Oh, you're all right. Yeah, Why shouldn't I be? Well, we thought that... The... Yeah, he's asleep again. It's like them pigs. Make you sleep, whether you want to or not. But he woke very easily. He woke as soon as I touched him. I don't think there's anything to worry about, Jet. If anything bad was going to happen to us, it could have happened by now. No, it, it seems the whole makeup of these people is based on gentleness and kindness. How can we come to any harm? But how can anybody so ugly be so kind and considerate? Well, for the same reason that anything so beautiful as a, a, a cat Can be so cruel. Yeah, that makes a kind of sense, Doc. Uh, Sleeping makes sense. I'm going to be sensible like Mitch. Any objection to my taking this bed? Nope. Take whichever one you like, Jet. Oh, I shall sleep peacefully, I know that. For the first time since we landed here. Maybe you'd better turn in as well, but do you? What, you mean nobody sits up and keeps watch? Oh, I'm sure there's no need, Lemmy. I feel as safe here as I would in my own bed. Oh. And you feel the same, Jet? Jet. (laughs) Obviously he does. Well, good night, Lemmy. What do you mean, good night? It's broad daylight out there. Uh, I expect it always is. <laughs> but it won't stop me from... Won't stop you from what, Doc? Doc, I'm talking to you. Oh. oh, well, there's no point in me sitting up and talking to myself. Uh, oh, feels good, and know. Nice and warm and... Uh, it's just like... Uh... Oh, oh! What's up, Lenny? Can't you sleep? Oh, this bed's so darn uncomfortable. Uh, so is mine. When I first got in it, it was soft and warm. and now it feels like a plank, a bare plank with splinters in. Just how mine feels. Oh, I ain't standing here any longer. Oh, I can't stand it. Why do you think I'm up? What's that human mandrel trying to do, make a monkey out of us? Good morning. Oh, oh, uh, good morning. I trust you slept well? Well, I would have done, it if the bed had stayed as comfortable as it was when I first got in it. But it did. Eh? You slept for hours. All of you. The beds don't get uncomfortable until you've had your full sleep. I don't understand. Well, when you're tired, or even if you're not, and the time comes for sleep, the beds will induce it. From the moment you lie on them. That's right, they did. I fell asleep almost at once. But when your sleeping period is over, the bed reverses the procedure and you get up. And are glad to do so. What, you mean these better are a sort of sleeping pill and alarm clock combined? What an ingenious idea. Well, I don't think so. Well, why not? Because there's nothing I like better than turning over and having another five minutes. Well, now that we are up, what happens next? A meal is set for you. Yes, yeah, so I see. When you have eaten, I want you to leave this sphere and go to another. A much larger one to which I shall direct you. And then? You will see, in good time, we would like to acquaint you with a few things about us and... This must be the place, Jet. Yes, but how do we get in? He said it would be open for us. Yeah, you know what happened the last time a door opened? Why I don't want another shop like that. He said we wouldn't see him again. I don't think he'll go back on his word. Hold on to your hat. Something's happening. Oh, no. There it is, the door. Sliding back, just like all the others. Stand still. Don't panic. Well, do we go in? Of course we do. Yeah, but Sposin, he's there. I'm willing to risk it. He can't help how he looks. We'll have to get used to it. Just as he got used to us. Well, all right, in you go. I'm a long way behind you. Come on. I don't think this is going to hurt. Uh, well, what do you know? Hey, this must be the nerve center of this place. A kind of control room. A huge control room. And it's chock full of those televiewer spheres and... Uh, and... Uh, and what, Doc? How can I describe them? I don't even know what they're for. Now, don't anybody touch anything. Not a thing. Yeah, probably blow the whole place sky high if we did. Sky high? <laughs> this far under the ground? Well, earth uh, high then... Well, there's the door closing. They've got a mania for shutting themselves in everywhere, haven't they? Not a sign of anybody. Not a soul. But the place looks clean, as polished as a new pin. Mm, if there was anybody here, they probably left before we came in, so we wouldn't see them. You notice hiding themselves on our account? Yeah, it's beginning to make me feel mean. Hello, Luna. Hello. Yes. Do you see in front of you a televiewer globe? Yes, I see it. Walk as far as that, and then wait. Very well. He's going to show us something. But what brings us all this way to do it? I guess he knows his own business best, Lemmy. Yes, Doc. Well, we're here in front of the televiewer. And it's warming up. There's a picture appearing. A picture of the city from the outside. It's much the same as we saw it from the air just before we first landed here. It must be daylight up on the surface, then. Yes, it is. The night has long since passed. Is that an actual view from outside or is it a film or something? Film? What is film? Ah, that's something we know about that you ain't got, then? What I mean is, is that picture we see on the screen an actual transmission? Of course. One of our ships is hovering above the city. It transmits the picture which is reproduced here. Oh, I see. Well, but why show it to us? We've already seen those domes from exactly that viewpoint. It is not just the city we wish you to see. Oh? What then? Hey, that picture's changing. That ship must be moving. Take a close look at the countryside over which it is passing. At the cultivated areas in particular. Uh, Did you plant them? Yes, we did. There were fields of the same kind near where our ship landed. Did you plant those too? Yes. But we never once saw anybody tend to them. Oh, they don't need tending. We plant them and they grow and ripen. When they are ready for harvest, we gather them in. If they're still there. How do you mean, if they're still there? Watch the televiewer and you will see. I Truth, yes, I do. See that? What, Mitch? Smoke. Clouds of it. It's the crops. that are on fire. Well, that's a silly thing to do. Plant them and then burn them. Do you think we did it? Well, who else? The creatures of the forest. Who are they? They are the cause of our leaving this planet. What, just because they burn your crops? Surely you can prevent that. How? Well, by getting your own back and burning theirs. They'll soon get tired of a game that two can play at. They do not grow crops themselves. There are none for us to burn. Oh, well, that rules out that little art, then, doesn't it? But look, who who are these forest creatures? Why should they go around burning your crops like this? They are destructive by nature. They destroy anything they do not understand. They even destroy the animals. Kill, not only for food, but for the sheer joy of killing. They even kill each other. Don't you kill for food, then? Why should we? There is plenty to be had without killing others, point. What, you mean you're all vegetarians? There is no need to kill... To live. But life is like that. One animal kills another so that it may survive. And that, in its turn, is killed by another. So we found when we first arrived on Earth, it was something new to us. No creature ever killed another on our planet. Well, it must have been very crowded, grossly overpopulated. No, it wasn't. There was just enough life for the planet to support. No more, no less. What, not even the wild animals killed each other? There were no wild animals. I you must have found a big change when you landed here, then. These forest creatures were burning your crops, how long have they been carrying on like this? For many hundreds of years. When we first arrived here, thousands of years ago, there were only a few of them, but they have steadily multiplied and now have emerged as creatures with intelligence. They live in communities and have learned to make fire. They seem to live only to destroy us and all that belongs to or is associated with us. And in between times, they destroy each other. Well, they sound a very friendly lot, I must say. Well, if they are out to destroy you, why don't you do the same to them? Kill them, do you mean? Yes. With the means you have, it shouldn't be difficult. We can do many things, but we cannot harm any living creature. What, uh, nobody? Nobody. Well, that's nice to know. So, rather than fight back, you're willing to leave this city and, and all that it contains? The way of life on Earth is not our way. We have no choice but to find a new place to live. And where are you off to? To another planet within this solar system. Not so hospitable as Earth, but it will do. Which planet? It occupies a position between the Earth and the Sun. It is the Earth's neighbor. We must mean Venus. How can you live there? If the Earth's climate is too violent for you, the heat on Venus would be unbearable. The dense atmosphere affords us some protection. We provide the rest ourselves. You would. I expect you could live in a (laughs) limit. Already another city just like this is being built beneath the surface. Meanwhile, our reconnaissance ships are searching the universe for another, more suitable planet. When they find it, we shall go there. And what if they don't? Then we shall remain on Venus until the forest creatures have gone. This uncontrollable desire they have for destroying things can only result in their self-annihilation. But suppose it doesn't. Suppose they cease to destroy things and each other. That is most unlikely. But if it should happen, we could live on Earth with them in peace. But even if their nature does change, it'll take years, maybe thousands of years. We can wait. Our ships will always be watching the Earth. And we will return when the time is right. Do these creatures, as you call them, ever come out of the forest? Last night they came out and set fire to our crops. Well, let's hope we don't meet up with them then. That's why we brought you here. So that you shouldn't. They had already begun to get curious about you. Oh? What do these creatures look like? Like you and me, they walk on two legs. But they are covered in hair and walk with a stoop, not upright as you do. Apes? Why apes? Oh, gorillas then. What else could walk on two legs and be covered in hair? Can they talk? Have they any intelligence or, or even a language? They mutter to each other but do not even seem to grasp the fact that we have tried to communicate with them. They must be apes. Hey, did you ever hear of an ape that could use fire? Not in our day, but who knows what they could do this far back in time. I'd like to have a look at them sometime and see what kind of creatures they are. Mm, me too. But what of this danger you told us of? They are it. The foulest creatures, you mean? Yes. Then we've got nothing to be scared of, as so long as we stay here. But you can't. Well, why not? I told you the last of us are about to leave. We can no longer protect you when we are gone. Oh, but we could stay here, couldn't we? There'd be no point. You would drown. hey eh? Drown? How? When we first arrived on Earth, the great ice cap reached to about where this city is situated. Well, what's that got to do with our being drowned? Quiet, Lemmy. Give him a chance to explain. But slowly, the ice has been receding. As it does so, it melts, and great quantities of water are released to fill up the seas and low-lying land. The land above this city is very low-lying. It cannot be long before the Western Sea breaks through and floods a vast area, including this. The Western Sea? Yes, Jet, the Atlantic. Oh, yes. Don't you remember? I I figured out we were right smack in the middle of the Mediterranean, and I was right. Already two great lakes stand where a few thousand years ago two of our cities stood. They are now submerged. But if you know about this, well, why not move to some high land that won't be flooded and build a city there? That we might have done, but for the forest creatures... Ah, they're the real fly in the ointment, then. So long as they remain on Earth, we cannot. But you did say you could help us, protect us from all this. We can. How? You can come with us. What? To Venus? There you will at least be safe. Now, wait a minute. What makes you think we can even live on Venus? Yeah, we haven't got up-plate armor for a skin like you, you know. Then you prefer to stay here? Uh, No, no, we don't. Then what do you want? To get back to Earth. But you aren't on Earth. In our own time, I mean. In the 20th century where we came from and where we belong. And how do you propose to do that? Well, that's what we thought you could tell us. You got us here in the first place. Well, your ships did. It was an accident. But if you got us here, how you did it, I don't know. Couldn't you reverse the process and get us back again? We could try, but there would be considerable risk. What kind of risk? We would have to return you to the moon first. And then, of course, we may not get you back there at the same time as you left it. I. We may be a few thousand years out, either way. Oh, no. It would be safer if you come with us in one of our ships. That would be simple. Would getting us back to the moon be out of the question? No, not really. Provided you go in your own ship. And we can't. Well, why not? We can't take off. We haven't the power. We... We need a booster stage to get away from the Earth's gravitational pull, and we haven't got one. A booster? Yes. Yes, there's not sufficient power in the motor to get us off the Earth. The Moon, yes, but not the Earth. And we need oxygen. We have hardly enough to last five days. Sufficient to get us from Earth to the Moon, but not for the round trip. And we need grub. We've got to eat. And if we had all those things, the ship couldn't take off. We need a launching ramp, or a long runway at least. You had better come to Venus with us. I don't want to go to Venus. I want to go home. We cannot guarantee to get you anywhere else. Uh, Would you take us back to the moon if you could? Certainly, if you wish it. But it will be risky. We might prefer to take the chance. Can you give us time to think about it? Of course. I will direct you back to your sphere. Meanwhile, I will investigate the possibility of preparing your ship for takeoff. Perhaps, if you come to any conclusion before I contact you, you will call me. Yes, we will. And thank you. It's all agreed, then. We take the chance. Yeah, sure, but... Look, suppose we do get to the moon and we land in a new period of time, different from this and the one we left. Well? Well, the time travellers will still be around, won't they? So we could go to Venus then, I suppose, if we wanted to. I think we'd have to. We couldn't live on the moon, that's for sure. Well, let's hope it doesn't come to that. I suppose we'll have enough fuel to get off again and back to Earth? That remains to be seen. Depends on how much we use up taking off from here. Well, I suppose we'd better call up his nibs and tell him what we've decided. Yes, Jed, I think we had. Hello? Hello, can you hear me? Yes, I can. We've made up our minds about what we want to do. Very well. If you care to go up to the surface again, one of our ships will be waiting to take you back. But we haven't told you what our decision is yet. There is no need. It was a foregone conclusion. Oh. Well, how do we get up to the surface? Leave your radios on. I will direct you. How about the ship that is to take us back? Where will we find that? I will lead you there, Olsen. Well, I'm sorry to leave that underground city, but I won't be sorry to see Luna again. Shouldn't be long now before we sight her. Those forest creatures have certainly been busy all along here. Look at all that smoke. Yeah. You don't think they'd be messing around with our ship, do you? Oh, they'd have a job. It wouldn't burn anyway. Well, they could have gone into it. The main door was open. Ah, but the hatch wasn't. They could have got no further than the airlock. Well, if they are anywhere near it, we should see them. We're getting very close to where she is now. Or was. Uh, don't be so damn pessimistic, Lemmy. Ah, there she is. See her? Just coming into view. And ah, no fields burning anywhere near her. Oh, she looked. God, heavens! What is it? What's that? What? Am, am I dreaming or something? Look at the ship truth. she She's standing up on her tail. But when we left her, she, she had her undercarriage down, and she was lying in the horizontal position. And the shock absorbers are out as though she'd just landed here tail first. But who stood her up like that? How did they do it? Oh, here, yeah, take it easy, mate. Oh, we're going down. Hold on to your hats. Oh, me fancy going all the way to Venus in one of these. I'll be dead before I get halfway. Hey, certainly don't waste any time, do they? At least they might give us some kind of warning first. You'll never mind about that. Let's get out here and see who's been messing about with Luna. Well, how can we? The doors are still shut. Oh, no, they're not. Up you go, Mitch. And you, Doc. You bet. It's fantastic. Absolutely fantastic. She's all set, ready for takeoff, And everything seems to be in perfect order. Everything we ever took out has been replaced. Yeah, but does it work? Well, that's easy enough to find out, Lemmy. Yes, it is. We'll carry out normal pre takeoff tests. Check every installation. Now don't miss a thing. Okay, Jack. Well, that's the telly viewer. Test satisfactory. Well, that's it then. Everything works. Switch it off, Lemmy. Right. Well, what do you make of that? Well, there's only two people could have done this. That uh, Mr. Mystery or them forest creatures. And it just couldn't be them apes. But even Mr. Mystery, as you call him, couldn't have done all this alone. We never said he was alone. No, oh, half the time he speaks of himself in the plural. Well, he or, or they must have done it while we were down in that underground city. But why? Why didn't they wait until we got here? We could have helped them, told them what to do. We didn't need to. they had done it anyway. They must have dozens of men on this job. Hey, men? What am I saying? I've got no idea how they did it without us. But I think I know why. Well, why, Doc? Because they didn't want us to see them. Eh? They knew we couldn't get the ship ready for takeoff without their help. So they came on ahead and did it before we got here. You mean they did it alone just so that we wouldn't have to look at them? What other reason can there be? Oh, it makes you feel so mean, doesn't it? We can't stand the sight of them, and yet they do all this for us. We are an amazing people, and no mistake. Well, after this, I wouldn't care for so hundred of them. And if I did, I'll, I'll shake hands with the lot. If they've got hands. I, see if you can contact them, Jet. We must thank them. Yes, go ahead. That's the least we can do. All right, gentlemen. Takeoff time is less than 30 minutes away. There they go again. They must be blowing that city of theirs to pieces. But if the sea is going to submerge it anyway, why should they bother? Search me. I suppose they will come for us. Why shouldn't they? I don't know. Now, you all know the procedure. We take off at noon. By then, the time traveller's ships will be hovering above us. Uh-huh. Now, once we've left the ground and have broken through the atmosphere, we leave everything to them. All right. Close the hatch and exhaust the airlock. Hatch closing. Airlock, exhaust. Lemmy, switch on the televiewer. Televiewer, on. Rotate her, Lemmy. Let's have one last look round. And then start scanning the sky for those ships. All right, rotate then. This is one place I won't be sorry to see the back of. Mm -hmm. Thank goodness we don't have to fish in that river anymore. Hey, hey, look. What is it, Lemmy? Smoke. There wasn't any that close when we were outside just now, was there? Is it the crops or the smoke from the city being blown up? No, it's too near for that. Then them apes or whatever they are, they... They must be pretty close. Uh, closer than they've ever been before. Keep a turning, Lemmy. See yeah. if we can see any more. Right, Jet. Hey, hey wait, Lemmy. Hold it. Blimey. Who are they? It ain't his nips, is it? With, with all his chinas. No. No, these are quite different. And who the blazers are they? There's dozens of them. Hundreds of them. And all heading towards the ship. It must be the forest creatures. The apes. Yeah. What do we do now? Apes. They're not apes. They look like apes to me. No, Lemmy. They're men. I? Primitive men. Prehistoric men. Our ancestors. Our own kind. You've been listening to episode 11 of Journey into Space with Andrew Foles
1: as Jet Morgan, Alfie Bass as Lemmy, Guy Kingsley Pointer as Doc, and David Williams as Mitch. Other parts were played by David Jacobs and Derek Guyler. The orchestra was conducted by Van Phillips, who also composed the music. Journey into Space was written and produced for the BBC by Charles Chilton. Journey into Space. The BBC
0: presents Jet Morgan in Operation Luna. Jet Morgan and the crew of rocket ship Luna stranded on the Earth
1: some 20,000 years before they left it. They made contact with the time travellers, creatures from another part of the universe who many thousands of years ago began to colonise the Earth. But the time travellers are being driven away from the planet by the forest dwellers who, over the centuries, have gradually developed into creatures with intelligence and an apparently insatiable desire to destroy The time travellers promised to help Jet and his crew get back to the moon, and it's hoped the 20th century. So, final preparations for the takeoff were made.
0: Rotate the camera, Lemmy. Let's have one last look round, and then start scanning the sky for those ships. Ships? Right. Rotating. This is the one place I won't be sorry to see the back of. Ah, thank goodness we don't have to fish in that river anymore. Hey, look. What is it, Lemmy? Smoke. There wasn't any that close when we were outside just now, was there? Is it the crops or the smoke from the city being blown up? No, it's too near for that. Then them apes, or whatever they are, must be pretty close. Closer than they've ever been before. Keep her turning, Lemmy. See if we can see any more. Yes, chap. Hey, wait, Lemmy. Hold it. Blimey, who are they? It ain't his nips, is it, with all his chinas? No. No, these are quite different. Then who the blazes are they? There's dozens of them, hundreds of them. And all heading towards the ship. They must be the forest creatures. The apes? Well, what do we do now? Apes. They're not apes. They look like apes to me. No, Lemmy. They're men. Eh? Prehistoric men. Primitive men. Our ancestors. Our own kind. Oh, blimey. Doc's right. They are men. And women. They've even got kids with them. And they're all carrying weapons. Even the women are. Did you ever see anything like it? A spear in one hand and a, and a nipper tucked under the other arm... It don't look as if this lot's got any problems about the inequality of women. They're probably too scared to leave their children behind. Now, what kind of men let their women fight their battles for them? Who says they're fighting a battle? Well, oh, they ain't called for tea, I'll bet. So do I. Uh, they're stopping. About a hundred yards off. They must be quite perplexed about this ship. You mean the ship standing up on its tail? Yeah. Well, puzzled, anyway. Well, they're going to be even more puzzled when we take off and leave them standing. Hey, isn't it about time we did just that? Shouldn't the time-traveler ship be overhead by now? Yes, they should. Mitch, uh, Lemmy, keep your eye on your great-grandfathers. Doc and I'll scan the sky for the time-travelers. They must be up there somewhere by now. Okay. Yeah, right. uh, switch on the forward televiewer, Doc. All right. On. Well? No sign of them. The sky's empty. Well, they must be completely out of range. Or not there at all. Well, we dare not take off until we know they are. They've got to be up there and waiting for us. Otherwise, all our hopes of getting off the Earth are gone for good. Keep looking, Doc. I'll try to raise them on the radio. Right. Hello? Hello, Luna calling. Can you hear me? Hello, can you hear me? Hey, Jet, come over here, quick. Well? Well, yourself. Take a look on the screen. They're sitting far to every field round the ship. It looks as though they intend to smoke us out. So the fire from those fields couldn't reach us. Well, unless it sets fire to the wild grass. It could work its way over to the ship then. The wind's in the right direction. And What if it does, Mitch? Can it hurt us? Well, I don't know. It, it can't hurt the ship itself, but it can't do us any good either. Any danger of the fuel exploding? Well, if this ship gets hot enough, yes. Well, can there be all that heat in a grass fire? Wouldn't reach up here, but the motor's exhaust nozzle is right close to the ground. Well, no fire is likely to reach us for some time anyway. Yeah, and by then we'll be away. Gone. I'm not so sure about that. Hey, eh? There's no sign of the ships. I can't raise them on the radio. And incidentally, Lemmy, the main transmitter was already on when I went to use it. Well, that's right. I was warming it up when you told me to switch on the televiewer. You should have switched it off then. Eh? We haven't any power to waste. Well, I would have done it. Never if... mind it now, but be more careful in future. Yes, Jack. To get back to that fire out there. Well? well? I don't like it. If it does come close, I think we'll have to fight it. Keep it away from the tail of the ship. What, go outside, you mean? Well, we can't do it from in here, can we? No. Wouldn't be easy, would it? What time is it? Uh, 30 seconds past noon. Any sign in them, Doc? No, Jet. Sky's absolutely clear. They haven't come. A uh, Fine lot. they turned out to be. Time travellers. And they can't even keep an appointment. Well, they must have a very good reason for not showing up on time. Perhaps they'll be contacting us very soon and everything will be all right. Let's hope so. <laughs>
1: what the diggings is there?
0: Sounds like a shower of stones. Shower... It's the ape men. What? While we've been talking, they've crept up on us. They're attacking us. Yes, look at the televiewer. They're all around us, throwing their spears at us. Retract the camera, Lemmy, before it gets damaged. Right. Mm. Now we can't even see what they're doing. Well, we can hear them. They must be dim if they think they can damage our ship with those toothpicks. Yeah, maybe they think we're the time travellers. Possibly. They certainly can't have any idea that we are who we are. No, they couldn't, could they? But if they saw us... They'd know we weren't the time travellers and perhaps they wouldn't be so unfriendly. Why don't you step outside and see? No, thanks. Nobody's going outside while they're out there. And what if they're out there for days and the time travellers don't turn up to take us off? Then we'll have to stay in here until they've gone. What about air? We can't afford to use up our oxygen supply. We need it for later. We'll open up the airlock and keep the main door open. What, and let them gorillas in? It's too high for them to reach without a ladder. Well, they can get one, can't they? Oh, I doubt if they got around to making such things yet. Oh. We'll give the time travellers a few minutes more. Everything depends on them. That's putting it mildly. And if they still don't turn up... I hate to think. No, that was the last of them. They seem to have gone all right. For the time being, anyway. Yeah, but why go now? Because it'll soon be getting dark, that's why. They don't like the darkness. Oh, they're just like a lot of kids, aren't they? Throw their spears at our ship, snarl at it, (laughs) and even kick it. As though they could do it any harm that way. Yeah, they are kids, Lenny. In them you see the childhood of man. All our inherent fears and desires have come down from them. Fear of the dark, among other things. And I'm not surprised. Well, at least they've gone for the night. Yeah, in the meantime, that fire out there is creeping closer. Unless we take off within a couple of hours, it's going to get dangerously near. How can we stop it? Well, it's easy. We could burn a wide stretch of grass between the ship and the fire, stamping it out as we go. Then when the main fire reaches it, it'll just fizzle out. A bit of a tall order for just the four of us. We can manage it. I once helped... Prevent a bushfire burning a house down by the same method. We'll have to start soon before those flames get too close. All right. We'll take a blanket each and go down to the river and soak them. And then what? Jet! Jet! What, Lemmy? Don't you hear anything? Eh? Yes, I hear it. The time travellers, they must be around. That's their music. Not very loud, though, is it? Lemmy, switch on the radio. See if we can contact them. Yes, Jet. Radio 1. Hey, do you think they're overhead? That they've come to pick us up at last? We'll find out, Doc, if we can. I'll switch on the forward televiewer. See if I can see them. Blimey, they must be very close. Listen to that. If we can contact them, now's the time. Any sign of them, Mitch? No, Doc, not yet. Hello? Hello, can you hear me? Hello? Hello, Luna. Oh, he's there. Are we glad to hear from you? Glad? Yeah, fine pal you turned out to be. scarping off the minute them mate men appear. Where are you? Are you overhead? No, we have landed on the other side of the river. Mitch, take a look that way. See if you can see them. You're darn right I will. You told us to be ready for takeoff at noon. That's right. Well, we were, but you didn't come. We thought perhaps you didn't need us anymore. Didn't need you? But you were going to help us get out into space and back to the moon, back to our own time. We were. Why did you change your mind? The forest creatures changed it for us. How could they make any difference? We thought you would want to stay with them. Do us a favor? You said they were your own kind. Your ancestors? They are. At least we think they are. How did you hear us? Your radio was on. Of course it was. Lemmy left it on. All right, I didn't mean to. But what made you think we would want to stay with them? It is natural. They are your own kind. But thousands of years separate us. They've no idea who we are and couldn't care less, I'm sure. In fact, they probably think we are you or connected with you. Yeah, why else would they attack us, throw spears at our ship? Would you do that to your descendants? We wouldn't do that to anybody. If you were so sure we'd rather go with the forest dwellers, why did you come back? To find out why you didn't. Well, now you know. We don't want to be killed, that's why. Them gorillas out there might be our ancestors, but we'd prefer to string along with your lot any time. You mean you will come to Venus, after all? Uh, No, no, we'd like you to take us back to the moon, to our own time. So you do want to rejoin the forest creatures, their descendants anyway? I don't see anything wrong with that. You may not, but we do. Eh? Why should we help the very people who are driving us away? It's not us that's driving you away, it's those out there in the forest. But you are their future, and you cannot have changed so much. Of course we have. We don't even look like them anymore. You can see that for yourself. Looks have very little to do with it. I don't understand you. You have witnessed the basic force that drives the forest creatures, the uncontrollable desire to destroy things they do not understand, the incredible selfishness of their nature. Have you seen them when they are hungry? We've hardly seen them at all. When one of them has a piece of food, does he share it with his companions? No. He goes away and hides and gorges himself until he's sick, then buries any that's left over. And if one of his kind sees him with that food, he tries to get it away from him. Not part of it, all of it and then they snarl and fight and draw each other's blood until one lies dead so that the other can keep more than he needs. Ah, we're more civilized than that, mate. Are you? It takes a long time for such things to be driven out of a being's nature. A long, long time. Probably longer than your kind have inhabited this planet. But in comparison with the age of the Earth, man has existed hardly any time at all. You are merely proving my argument. But even in that short time, man has learnt a great deal. He, he's progressed. Towards what? Well, a more comfortable and fuller life. A greater respect for his fellow beings and his neighbor's property. You don't kill each other anymore? You no longer destroy the things that can give you life and comfort? As the forest men burn our crops, which they could eat if they knew how? No longer burn vast areas of the forest, merely to drive out game? No, we don't. We got past those things thousands of years ago. You are certain the instinct does not remain in some other form? Not that I can think of. I wouldn't be too sure about that yet. You cannot even agree amongst yourselves. How do you mean, Doc? Well, think of the vast acres of forest land that have been destroyed. To drive out game? No, to grow crops. Not to eat, but for a good market. Year after year, until the ground is so exhausted that we end up with no forest, no game, no crops. Just dust. Man has been foolish, I admit. But that's all being put right now. Land conservation schemes are high up on the list of important projects. Or were when we left home. You have doubts they could be abandoned? Well, yes. They they could, I suppose, for something more important. Or what? Well, a war, maybe. War? Oh, blimey, you shouldn't have said that. Look. We're not perfect. I don't know how long your kind have been alive, probably many thousand times longer than man. You've had time to conquer all your primitive desires and suppress them. You have endless generations of experience behind you. Give us the time and we'll be like you. We'll stamp out the undesirable primitive natures that underlie our characters. But you must give us the time. Such great changes cannot be accomplished overnight. I realise that. And meanwhile, are you to be allowed to continue to destroy your planet and each other? It seems it's inevitable, but it's all bitter experience from which we shall learn. And although you admit that you have not yet learned, you build ships and dare to try to conquer space before you have even conquered yourselves. Perhaps to colonize the planets and destroy them, too. We can't help a little distraction of some sort. You can't plant a field without you clear the forest first. You can't drive a steam engine without you dig out the coal or pump out the oil from the bowels of the earth. Why do you have to dig coal and pump oil? For fuel, of course. You've got to have something to drive your machines. It's it's a wasteful method, I know, but it'll have to do until we find a better one. There is power all around. Force for all to use, with no digging, no pumping, no waste. What power? The power by which we live. Enough energy reaches the Earth and the Sun in one day to drive all our ships and power plants for a hundred years. Well, we haven't learned to harness that power yet. We hardly know what it is. Then perhaps you will leave your exploration of space until you do. But that is just where you can help us. How? By telling us the secret of this power. How to find it, how to use it. Would you trust the secrets of your ship and all its equipment to the forest creatures? Now, use your sense. What could they do with it? You could explain the workings to them. It would be like trying to explain the the quantum theory to a child. Exactly. Well, at least you could make a start with simple things. We're not quite as primitive as those forest dwellers, even by comparison with you. There would be no point. A child cannot be taught to run before he can walk. And you have hardly emerged from the crawling stage. You don't think much of us one way or another, do you? We think as much of you as we do of any other living creature anywhere in the universe. We have no wish to harm you. That's what you say. Yet you go off and leave us here with them gorillas outside thirsting for our blood and the floods coming to drown us and us helpless to get back to our own time and people. We would not harm you. It would be the forest creatures, not us. But if you leave us here, it amounts to the same thing. Are we to be blamed when a tiger kills his prey? We're not a tiger's prey. We're prey to those ape-men, or will be, if we're left here. We have no control over the form and mode of life on Earth. But you would help perpetuate it. How? By doing nothing about it. We have tried. The animals have no interest in us, and the forest creatures detest us. We don't? You cannot bear even to look at us. Not at first, but we could now. Show yourself to us and see. Switch on your television. It is on. Now, wait a minute. Is that necessary? Quiet, Lemmy. There he is. His head, anyway. Can you see me? Yes, we can. And you are not afraid? No. You speak for yourself. You are, but you control your feelings. We are not afraid. We've better sense now. Because you have met us? Partly. But what of the rest of you? Who have not? We will tell them about you your beautiful underground city, your great scientific powers. For our own safety, it would be better to leave you here to prevent your ever going out into space again. If you do not return to your own time and your contemporaries give you up as lost, it may deter others from venturing out into space. You don't know us as well as you think you do. Our deaths would make no difference. Others will follow. Is that why you turned us back in time? To prevent our getting to other planets, perhaps to Venus... Where you're going and will be living in the 20th century? Yes. It's no good, mate. That corner trip won't stop us. At least give us the chance to prove that our ultimate goal is a life such as you now lead. It's been the dream of man for centuries. It will be the dream of man, Jack, and centuries to come. Very well. Are you ready to leave? We can be, in a few minutes. We will take up a position way above you. Your ship must leave the ground and climb as high as possible out of the atmosphere. When you have reached your maximum speed, switch off your motor and leave everything to us. How high will you be? A thousand miles. Well, can't you come lower than that? We, we might not make that height. If we come any closer to you, the magnetic field set up by our ships will affect the working of your ship. Oh, I see. Very well. We'll try to reach a thousand. We'll be waiting for you. Do you want us to take off at any particular time? No. When you are ready, we shall be there. But what if anything goes wrong? Hello? Hello? It's no good, Jet. He must have already taken off. He can't hear you. A few more things I wanted to ask him. Like what? Well, it makes no difference now. He's gone. All right. We'll make a final check of all equipment. Then get onto your couches and strap yourselves in. Yeah, right. Okay. Ready? Right. Right okay. Ready for takeoff. Automatic oxygen supply okay. Ready for takeoff. Radio, televiewer, and radar. Test satisfactory. Ready for takeoff. Well, that's it. Yeah, Good. That's now, let me know when your straps are set. All ready, Jet. Ready. ready. Meet you. Position control panels. Control panels. Contact. Let's hope they are up there and waiting for us. Yeah. What if they're not? Hey, hadn't we better be prepared for that, Jet? If we just go straight up and they're not there. All we can do is come straight down again. And if we do, we'll make a hole big enough for the time travellers to get one of their cities in. Uh, I've already thought of that. As soon as we've left the ground, we'll tilt her nose to an angle of 45 degrees. That'll set us on an elliptical course. And if we do have to return, at least we'll enter the atmosphere something like nose first and have a reasonable chance of landing it again. When do we cut the motor? As soon as our velocity is high enough to carry us a thousand miles. Mitch, have we enough fuel for that? Just about. There might even be a little to spare. Switch on the radar. Radar, on. Levy, televiewer, stern view. Televiewer, on. Doc, gyro. Gyro. Okay, Mitch. Okay, Jeff. Then stand by for takeoff. Fifteen seconds. Ten seconds. Five, four, three, two, one, fire! Fire! <coughs> Twelve point one miles, velocity four three five zero. Height twenty seven point two miles, velocity 6.55 Velocity ten thousand miles, height seventy six miles. Stand by to alter course. Standing by. Okay, Lemmy. Okay. Flywheel one, contact. Contact. One degree. Two. Three. Four. Forty-three. Forty-four. Forty-five. Hold it, Doc. Steady as he goes. Cut the flywheel. Flywheel, cut. Stand by to cut motor. Standing by. should coast the rest. Any fuel left, Mitch? Uh, very little. Enough for one biggish burst and that's it. Enough to make a moon landing if we have to? Nah, no, not by a long sight. Oh, blimey. Lemmy, switch on the forward televiewer. The time travellers must be ahead of us somewhere. Forward televiewer on. Rotator, Lemmy. Rotated. Any sign? Not yet. Switch on your personal screens. That's all, look. Yeah, I... I don't see Well? I don't see them. Me neither. Well, they'd better get a move on if they're coming. We're losing speed all the time. Yeah, we soon won't be going up anymore. We'll be going down. But there's no sign of them. They should be there. We shouldn't have altered course. They expected us to rise straight up. They can't be waiting in the right place. But with the equipment they have, Mitch, they must be able to plot our course easily. Yeah, just as well we did change direction, if you ask me. Looks like we'll have to attempt a landing again anyway. It never knows where we'll end up this time. Lemmy, try the stern view. Hey. Yes, but... Don't yeah. argue. Switch it on. Damn you. Aunt, it's us that's just taken off, not them. I don't think Hey, there it. they are, right behind us. Of course. That's where we always saw them before they lined up for what we thought was an attack. And they're flying in that circular formation again. Yeah. All right. Well, now we can relax and and don't move. They're coming in closer. I can hear them now. Yeah, me too. Lie flat. Thank goodness we're strapped to our beds and not caught out on the floor like last time. Oh, this is where I wish I'd brought one of them time travelers' beds with me. What wouldn't I give to sleep through this part of the proceeding? They're coming closer. Getting very close now. Here comes the pressure. Can ooh. you feel it? Yeah. Yeah, I, I can. can. It's ooh. gonna work. I know it is. Oh, I hope you're right. Oh! We must be accelerating like mad! Oh, oh! Alright, let me. Save your breath. Oh, Oh, sick. Oh, sick. Take a deep breath and try not to be.
1: Uh,
0: uh. Midge. Midge. I think he's still out yet. Oh, you all right, Doc? Yeah, I think so. Do you think we did it? Crashed the time barrier, I mean? We must have done. It was just like it was before, in every way. Oh, thank goodness for that. Hey, what are you doing? Uh, Putting my magnetized boots on. I want to get over to the main televiewer. If we have crashed the time barrier, we should now be out somewhere way out in space. Way, way out. And traveling at a tremendous speed, back towards where we came from. Down through the centuries, towards the moon, and home. Switch off the rotator, Lemmy. They're nowhere to be seen. Right. Well, that's how it was before, wasn't it? We saw nothing but the stars. No sign of the Earth, the Moon, or even the Sun, let alone those spaceships. Do I keep the televiewer on? Forward view only. Let's at least see where we're heading for. Right. Hey, Jet. Mitch is waking up. How are you feeling, Mitch? Dreadful. What's happened? Well, we increased speed and lost consciousness. All of us. You're the last to wake up. How long have I been out? Oh, nearly 15 minutes. Truth. I'm beginning to think I'm too old for this game. Where are we? Out in space. Not telling where. Teleview shows nothing but stars, millions of them. And no sign of the time travellers either. We're completely alone. A tiny speck of dust lost in the universe. Do you think our friends will show up again? I don't know. Have you tried calling them? Yeah. Oh. Well, all we can hope is that the solar system, our own solar system, will appear on the screen. Then we'll know we've made it. Traveled back through time, you mean? Back. All forward, or so far forward that we come up behind ourselves. I oh, don't, Jet. My, my head can't stand it. Hey, look, what if we don't hit the bullseye? What if we do return to the moon at a completely different time? Oh, turn it up, Doc. Well, it is possible, isn't it? They said they couldn't guarantee anything. Well, if we don't hit the right period, let's hope it's the future this time and not the past. Yeah, I've had my basin full of the past, thanks. So why the future, Jet? Because then we'll see just what man did make of himself, whether there are any men left at all. no. He may have annihilated himself, you mean? Anything may have happened. The time travellers might be colonising the Earth all over again. And what if we go back even further into the past? Who knows? We may even land during the reptilian age and meet brontosauri as big as houses. What, no men? The reptilian age, Lemmy, was a pre-man age. Pre-man, post-man, what difference does it make? We're in the soup whichever way we go. Unless the time travellers have pulled it off and we do arrive back on the moon at exactly the time we left it. And supposing we do... How do we land? We haven't got enough fuel. Yeah, but if we get back to that time before we took off from the moon, I mean, uh, things should be exactly as they were then. And there should be sufficient fuel in the tanks because we wouldn't have used up any because we wouldn't have landed on the Earth yet. Yeah. Is that what will happen, I wonder? Can we regain the things we've lost during this journey back through time? And what has happened to us physically? Have we grown older? You mean, does it take time to travel through time? yes. Or do we return to the exact age we were before we made the journey? Well, this beard I got hasn't wasted any time growing, and I'll certainly feel a lot older. But if things do revert back to what they were, we shall have lost all memory of this, of everything. It'll be like it never happened at all. Doc, get your diary. What for? Uh, get it, quick. Yeah, yeah, sure. And what's the idea, Jeff? You'll see. Well, here it is. Now, look back to the time when we first began to hear that strange music. Yeah, well... Is it all there? Yes, it's there. And the time we spent on Earth by the river? The appearance of the time travellers, is that all there? Uh, yes, yes, every word. Then start writing again. Record everything you can think of since you last made an entry. Everything. But why? Because if we do get back to the exact time before we journeyed through time, and we do forget all this because by going back we can have no recollection of what is to come, that diary will be our only proof that anything happened at all. But look... What if material things change, too, back to what they were? We can only wait and see until we sight the moon again. Only then will we know the truth.
1: You've been listening to episode 12 of Journey into Space
0: with Andrew Foles as Jet Morgan, Alfie Bass as Lemmy, Guy kingsley Pointer as Doc, and David Williams as Mitch. Other parts were played by David Jacobs and Derek Geiler. The orchestra was conducted by Van Phillips, who also composed the music. Journey into Space was written and produced for the BBC by Charles Chilton.
1: Journey into Space. The BBC presents Jet Morgan in Operation Luna.
0: Jet Morgan and the crew of rocket ship Luna, having been stranded on Earth some 20,000
1: years before the time they left it, were able, with the help of the time travellers, creatures from another planet, to take off into outer space. Waiting for them a thousand miles above the Earth were the spacecraft of the time travellers. By some means unknown to Jet, the strange ships were able to increase the speed of Luna to such an extent that all the crew lost consciousness only to awake a few minutes later to find themselves hurtling through space at a tremendous speed on a circular journey through the universe and through time. And doubts about what would happen to them when they did get back to the 20th century then began to fill their minds. And what has happened to us physically?
0: Have we grown older? You mean, does it take time to travel through time? Yes. Or do we return to the exact age we were before we made the journey? Well, this beard I've got ain't wasted any time growing, and I'll certainly feel a lot older. But if things do revert to what they were, we'll have lost all memory of this, of everything. It'll be like it never happened at all. Doc, get your diary. Uh, what for? Uh, get it, quick. Uh, yeah, yeah, sure. What's the idea, Jeff? You'll see. Uh, here it is. Now, look back mm-hmm. to the time when we first began to hear that strange music. Yeah. Uh, well... Is it all there? Yes, it's here. And the time we spent on Earth, by the river, the appearance of the time travellers, is that all there? Um, Yes, every word. Then start writing again. Record everything you can think of since you last made an entry. Everything. But why? Because if we do get back to the exact time before we journeyed through time, and we do forget all this, because by going back we can have no recollection of what is to come... That diary will be our only proof that anything happened at all. What if material things change too, back to what they were? Well, we can only wait and see until we sight the moon again. Only then will we know the truth. The truth about travelling through time, yes, Jet, but not the whole truth. How do you mean, Doc? Well, what do we know of the time travellers themselves, for example? Virtually nothing. Well, it still beats me how they managed to repair this ship and get it ready for takeoff without even consulting us. I can't begin to make out how they do after the things they do. I expect the forest creatures would think much the same about us, if they could think. Ah, but that's different. Them forest creatures were men like ourselves, but the time travellers didn't seem to be. They, they look more like animals. Biologically speaking, man is an animal too, but a very advanced one. It's the size of his brain that makes him superior. Well, them time travellers didn't seem to have extra big heads that I noticed. Well, the way you ran when you saw one, I... I wonder you had time to notice he had a head at all. No, there's no need to get personal about it. Come to think of it, their heads were rather large. They probably do have fairly big brains. What, you mean every clever man is a bigot? (laughs) Not necessarily, Lemmy. Quality is just as important as quantity. A race of men or animals with large brains that are also of high quality could do remarkable things. Well, now, let's face it. They were a large type of animal and much bigger than us. Twelve feet high, at least. Twelve feet? That's a bit of an exaggeration, Mitch, I must say. How tall would you say they were, then? Well, nine feet, certainly no more. No, 12 feet. Do you agree they were that tall, Doc? I wouldn't have said they were more than seven feet at the most. Now, what
1: kind of brains have
0: we got? We can't even size them up. Well, we couldn't run them over with a tape measure, could we? The shock and surprise of seeing them seems to have upset our judgment. But if we can all differ so much about their size, how clear are we about what they look like? Well, in spite of what Dr. Mitch said about his nibs having a monkey face, he didn't look like a monkey to me when he showed himself on the screen. What did he look like to you, then? Well, he had a face more like one of them fruit-eating bats that you get in India. I don't think you'd have said that if you'd have stayed long enough to see him. Why not? Well, because on the screen he appeared in black and white. When we saw him in that sphere, we saw him in full color. And his face was bright blue and purple red, just like a mandrel. Well, he looked like a bat to me. And what about this armadillo business? Well, it was his skin that reminded me of an armadillo. It was more like a bony armor. Just his skin? He wasn't shaped like one? Where could he be? He stood up on two legs and had long arms. But he looked more like an animal than a man. Yes. Ah, that's the trouble with us human beings. We think any other form of civilization anywhere in the universe must be produced by creatures like ourselves. We won't grant it could be different. Well, how different could it be? Well, very different. Man's pattern of civilization could be only one of many variants. Well, I don't see how. Well, just consider man's history. First, he's little more than an animal, like those forest creatures. But even so, I wouldn't mind betting that if you could look thoroughly into their way of life, it would consist principally of two things. What? Well, a, a practical approach to the necessities of living, like the manufacture of tools and weapons... Isn't the other... The desire to express themselves in some way. An artistic streak. Artistic? What, them gorillas? I bet that even now, back there on the earth some 20,000 years ago, there's at least one man in every family who spends a good deal of his time carving or drawing the world he sees about him. Or if he doesn't do that, he's busy wasting his time banging a hollow log with a couple of bones for drumsticks. And he's probably better at that than he is at planning his tomorrow. You mean that man is essentially an artistic creature? He always has been. He'll paint, draw, sing and dance because he can't help it. He'll build a house or make a spear because he has to, or die. Well, I don't see the point of all this. What are you getting at? Just this. Supposing man, instead of developing his artistic trend first, had developed his scientific one. Yeah. Supposing all the scientific knowledge man has now had been known to the Greeks or the ancient Egyptians, and that over the centuries since, his store of knowledge had grown proportionately. Well? Well, where would he be today? I hate to think. Well, where would he be? Probably where the time travellers are now, or a long way towards it. You mean that's how the time travellers have got where they are? By developing along purely scientific lines? Why not? You mean they have no arts, uh, literature, sculpture, music? He'd never heard of music. He didn't even know what it was. Yeah, but that underground city, it was beautiful. What was beautiful about it? Well, the the flowers, for one thing. That was nature, not the time travellers. They're not responsible for flowers. What, you mean they could have them flowers all growing there and not appreciate them? All the wonderful bright colours? Who knows that they can even see colour? They may live in a completely grey world, like a dog. All right, all right. But how about the way the city was laid out? Those spheres and the domes above the ground. Perfectly symmetrical and beautiful because of it. Yes, to our eyes. But they could mean no more to the time travellers than, well... uh, A technical efficiency. There is beauty of a kind in a triangle, in a a circle, in an ellipse, but none of these things expresses anything. They don't arise from an emotion any more than a mathematical equation does. A plus B equals C. It's an expression of a truth, that's all. Well, then, what about their kindness, their generosity, their willingness to help us? A tree bears its fruit. You eat it and are grateful. If you were a savage, you might thank the tree and give it something in return. But it doesn't mean the tree is kind or generous. It does it because he can't help it. What do they do for fun, for relaxation? If they have any form of amusement, I saw no sign of it. Maybe we're their idea of fun.
1: Maybe they get their relaxation by knocking people like us from one century to another and back again. <laughs> I
0: shouldn't think that would amuse them. I doubt if they have any sense of humour at all. Well, if what you say is true, Jet, we must appear very backward, primitive people to the time travellers. Oh, I'm sure we do. And yet they were willing to take us with them to Venus. yeah. I think it was more in self-defence than from any kindness towards us. By venturing out into space, by conquering the moon, man may threaten the voice and his kind again. But he's not on the moon. He said he was going to Venus. If man can get to the moon, he'll get to Venus. Still, I wonder what it would have been like if we had gone with them. Mm, Dull. Very dull, I should think. Their world would be orderly, clean, efficient, with no worries, no empty stomachs, no heartache, no emotions. Only a pure scientific efficiency until the end of your days. (laughs) No, no. Not the life for an inquisitive do-or-die being like man. Well, I wonder if we shall see the time travellers again. When do you mean? Now or in the future? Oh, I mean now, before we reach the moon. Well, I hope so. Otherwise, how shall we know what to do when we get there? Uh, One thing's certain. We can't land. We haven't the fuel. Well, what do we do, then? Fly straight past... And say hello and so long to the man in the moon as we go by? If we pass close enough and at the right speed, it'll be impossible to go past it. The moon's gravitation will pull us into an orbit round it. And what happens then? Unless we do something about it, we keep going round it. Forever. Eh? But don't you think the voice will even call us up uh, to see if we're all right? I doubt it. I could kick myself and I think of all the things I could have asked him and didn't. Well, the most important thing of all we did ask... What was that? To get back to our own time. Yes, but asking for it doesn't mean we've got it. We're still out in space, that there's no sign of the sun or the earth, let alone the moon. And we can still remember where we've been and what's happened to us. Oh, I'm not so sure it did happen. The old thing's
1: already beginning to seem like a dream to me,
0: and a bad dream at that. Yes, Lemmy, we'll probably all wake up soon and find out it was. Yes, that's what I'm scared of. Huh? That's why you must get to work on that diary, Doc. Write down everything you can remember before you lose it. Yeah, sure. Meanwhile, Mitch and I'll keep you watch. If the time travellers have done right by us, it shouldn't be long before we sight the solar system on the screen. And we'll have worries enough to keep us occupied then, believe me. Do you think that can be it, Mitch? The sun? Our own sun? What else could it be? It's been getting bigger all the time. But not big enough for us to see its planets yet, if it has any. Well, the rate we're travelling, it won't be long before we do see them. Supposing we don't slow up. Supposing we do go shooting right past. Well, supposing we haven't arrived back at the right time. Uh, what are you two trying to do, cheer me up or something? If that is our sun, the Earth will be revolving around it. And it'll have cities on it. Towns, ships, houses, men. Not prehistoric men, but men of our own time. Men and women who look like us and, and think like us. Yeah, and down in Australia, there's a radio operator waiting for me to call him up and tell him that Luna has left the moon and is on her way back to Earth. We've already done that. The last message we sent was to tell them we were going to circle the moon. You don't think they could hear us from here, do you? I doubt it, Lemmy. Even if they could, it would take some minutes before you got a reply. Well, I can wait. But supposing I do get them, what do I tell them? That we're outside the solar system altogether? Mm, Now, that would be something. It would give them a bit of a shock, wouldn't it? Give me a bit of a shock if we got a reply. Well, shall I try it yet? Yes, if you like, but I don't think there's the slightest chance of their hearing us from this distance. it would prove a thing or two if they did. What in particular? Hello? Well, Hello? that we must have already no. travelled through no. time no. and the memory of no. what we've no. been through is going to stay with us. Hello. Uh, Come in, please.
1: I'll give them 15 minutes to reply. And if they haven't by then, well... Oh, no, listen. They're here again. It's his nibs. Either
0: him or his ships. Watch the teleview, Mitch, see if we can locate them. Yeah, right. Hello, Luna. No, wait. Where did that come from? From the radio. Let's get over there, quick. Hello? Hello? Luna calling? I know. Where have you been? Eh? We've been waiting for you. It took you a long time to get here. A long time, he says. Must be all of 40 minutes. Where are you? A long way from you. You should have opened up your radio before. I've been trying to call you. Oh. Tell me, have... I don't think you need worry about anything. You mean we've made it? I think so. But we haven't finished with you yet... How do you mean, haven't finished with us? You want to land on the moon, don't you? No, no, we don't. Look, we haven't got enough fuel. We used it nearly all up, taking off from the Earth. Then I will have to arrange things a little differently. How? You had better all get on your couches and strap yourselves in. What are you going to do? Help you get back to your own time. What, you mean we're not there yet? If you were, you wouldn't be out here in space, would you? No. I don't suppose we would. Do as he says. Get on your bunks. Right, Okay. Hey, Doc. Yeah, Did you hear that? Most of it. I've been trying to take it down. Well, you better stop now. Things are about to happen. Right. And let me know when you're all strapped in. I'm fixed. Yeah, me too. Hello? Can you hear me? Yes. We'll be all set in just a few moments. Very well. This is the last time you will hear from me. Why? Where are you going? To Venus. To my new home. Oh, well, we'll look you up in about ten years from now, then. That we shall see. I hope our meeting has been of benefit to you. It has. Very much. Remember, our ships will always be watching you. Hey? Eh? Are you all strapped in now? Yes. Say, say, wait a minute before you go. Look, there's something I want to ask. Hello? Hello? Lonnie, what's going on? What's happening? Lie flat, everybody. Uh, lie flat. Don't move. It's oh. truth. Oh. Uh, Hang on. Uh, hold
1: tight. <laughs> Well, don't look any different from the other side, does it? Craters, mountains, plains, just the same.
0: Didn't expect it to be all that different. Hey, Jet, Jet, come over here. Look at this. What? Look, directly below us now. It's the biggest crater I've ever seen. About twice the size of Copernicus. Yes, I can see it. But it's crammed full of little craters. Tiny ones in regular lines. Yes. There's a tendency for craters on the Earth side to form lines of a sort. Here, Jet, you know something? No, Lemmy, what? I've got that weird feeling that I've done all this before. Strange you should say that, Lemmy. So have I. A very strong feeling. Yeah, well, I haven't. No man on Earth, alive or dead, has ever seen the other side of the moon. You couldn't possibly have done it before. Keep working that camera, Doc. Get as many pictures as you can. You bet. They're going to get the surprise of their lives back home when we tell them about this. Well, nearly completed the circuit now. Soon our nose will be pointing to earth again. You yeah. Better stand by to cut in the motor. Right, yeah, right. And let me know when you're all set. Okay, Jed. Okay. Okay. Cut the stern televiewer, Lemmy. Switch okay. on forward view. Televiewer, forward view. On. There she is. The earth. Directly ahead. You said that, Mitch, as though you hadn't seen it in years. I feel like I haven't. But you saw it not 50 minutes ago. Just before we took off from the moon. Position, Lemmy? Coming into centre. Five degrees. Doc, stabiliser. Stabiliser. Four degrees. Mitch, load up. Oh, wait a minute. Hey, What's the matter? With the fuel. There's hardly any left. What? But you said there was plenty. Oodles of it, you said. Well, there's not now. Look, something's wrong. We, we've lost it somewhere. Three degrees. We must have used up much more than you thought. We couldn't have done. Not on a moon takeoff. But we shouldn't have used half of it. Two degrees. Have we got enough to set us on course for Earth? Yeah, just about, no more. Well, stand by to switch in motor. Standing by. One degree. Contact! <laughs> 600. Cut the motor. Earth dead center. Course correct. Cut the stabilizer, Doc. Stabilizer cut. Well, that's that. On course, correct velocity, and we're heading for home. All right, Lenny. Call our base and let me know when you get them. Right you better check the fuel gauges, Mitch. Make sure the fault isn't with them. You're too right, I will. Not an hour ago, when we took off from the moon, they registered half full. Now they're all but empty. Well, you better check them carefully. We may need a burst or two from the motor when we land on Earth. Yeah, right. Hello, Luna calling. Calling Wonga Australia. Come in, please.
1: Hello, Luna. Wonga Australia calling. I've
0: got them, Jet. Thanks, Lemmy. Hello, Earth. Jet Morgan calling.
1: Hearing you loud and clear.
0: We've completed our circuit round the moon. I've taken numerous photographs and are now heading back to Earth. Velocity is 5,500, and you can expect us to be within landing distance in four and a half days from now.
1: Thank you, Luna. What does the other side of the moon look like?
0: Much the same as this side. Except there's a crater there, a large crater, much bigger than anything you can see on this side. It's colossal.
1: That all? No green-eyed monsters or anything?
0: No, <laughs> oh, no green-eyed monsters. Uh, look... We have to make our routine check now, and we'll all be pretty busy for a bit. We'll call you again in two hours.
1: Right. And while you're coasting back to Earth, you'd better get all the sleep you can. What for? You're certainly going to get a big reception when you get here. I think every Prime Minister of the Commonwealth is flying out to Wonga Walla to meet you when you land.
0: Oh, blimey. All right, Control. We'll call you again later.
1: Okay, Luna. I'll be listening up. I can't understand it yet.
0: What's that, Mitch? Those gauges are right. The fuel tanks are empty. Well, as empty as makes no difference. But they can't be. We carried enough reserve for an emergency, and we haven't had need to use any of it. No, they're empty just the same. It's a wonder we got off the moon at all. You know, if I'd known we got so little, we wouldn't have gone round the other side, I can tell you that. Well, there's something I can't understand, Jet. No, what's your trouble, Doc? Well, the oxygen. What about it? Oh, when we took off just now, the gauges registered enough for five days. Now they register hardly enough for four and a half. What is going on? We couldn't have used up half a day's supply in less than an hour. We have, somehow, somewhere. That 14-day wait on the moon must have had a more serious effect than we thought. But that's ridiculous. How could it? Search me. We'll search the whole ship. If fuel and oxygen can disappear just like that, other things can too. Now, get started. Check everything. Food, batteries, the lot. Okay. Okay. But where does this food, if it is food, come from? This isn't anything like the stuff we brought with us. It it seems to have undergone a complete chemical change. And the fruit juice and cold tea has changed to water. I don't like this. Now you're talking sense. How could it possibly happen? Well, you said that out in space we'd make new and startling discoveries. Well, we've made them. Fuel and oxygen evaporate and food turns into something else. Do you think this is any good to eat? Only one way to find out. Hmm. Well, Doc? Hmm. Not bad. Rather... Sweet like honey, but with the texture of bread. Mm, I don't think this can do us any harm. Yeah, better not. It's all we've got to live on for the next four days. Is there anything that's happened since we left Earth that could account for all this? No, oh, heaven knows. Oh, the least we can do is think back and see. Oh, but it's that strange music we've been hearing. How could that account for you? Well, it said that thunder can curdle milk. Maybe that music can curdle our grub or change it some other way. Get out your diary, Doc. What? Let's check up on a few things. Okay, just a minute. I can't see how Doc's diary's going to help. It might. It's worth trying, anyway. Uh, Here you are. Good. Uh, Look up the first time Lemmy heard that music. Uh Uh-huh. That was not long after we took off, when the radio packed in, wasn't it? That's right, Doc. And we heard it again just before we were about to land on the moon. Uh, At least, Lemmy did, over his intercom. Then we managed to contact base. We told them we'd been stranded on the moon throughout the lunar night, but that everything was now working again. We were about to take off, but would circle the other side of the moon before returning to Earth, which we are now doing. It's all very strange, isn't it? How are we ever going to account for that music, the appearance of that saucer-shaped ship, or anything else? They'll never believe a word of it back home. Not even when they see what happened to our grub? Hey, wait a minute. What's up, Doc? Well, Those stacks more of this diary, pages of it. What? Yeah. Look, it should end here, but it doesn't. It goes on. Yeah, but how could it? You haven't had time to write any more. Well, well. Then what's this? They're not blank pages, are they? And is that my handwriting or isn't it? Well, it certainly looks like it. But uh, Jed, I don't remember. Right. Hey, wait a minute. What is it? I don't know yet. Listen to this. Mm-hmm. November the 20th, 1965, Earth time. November 20th? That's today. It is now more than two hours since we left the moon and found ourselves in these new and frightening circumstances. How we got here, what really caused it, we shall never know. The fact is we are somewhere within the galaxy of which our sun is a member. We are adrift in space may be destined to wander around the universe forever, helplessly, hopelessly. Again, in our time, remains to be seen. We can only put our trust in the time travelers and hope they pull it off. If they don't, these words may never be read by anybody, and the story of our strange adventures will die with us. Now Lemmy has picked up the voice on the radio. He tells us to go to our bunks and strap ourselves in and everything will be all right. Mm-hmm. So I must now leave this diary and do as he instructs. Do any of you remember anything about what Doc has just read? Well, not me, Jet. Nor me, but I did have a feeling we have been round the other side of the moon before. I had the same feeling, Lemmy, but... As for what's in this diary, it's all new to me. Yes, but it seems that's why I told you to write it all down, in case we did forget it. That could account for the fuel and oxygen shortage. And the food being all different. But are they going to believe all this back on Earth? I I can hardly believe it myself. Then either think we're plum crazy or we cook the whole thing up as a practical joke. Blimey, wait a minute. What is it, Lemmy? Where are you going? You'll see. He's turning out the locker, the the one with the specimens of the moon rock and soil in it. Lemmy, what are you doing? Leave all that stuff alone. Ah, got it. Got what? This. It was still there. Where Doc's diary said we put it in the locker. What is it? It's the knife. The prehistoric stone knife that Jet found outside the ship. God heavens, then it must be true. Every word of it. We could never have picked up a thing like this on the moon. Yeah, but we could have brought it with us from Earth to substantiate our story. Well, Doc could anyway. Hey, wait a minute. Are you accusing me of fixing the whole thing up, Mitch? You brought the diary, didn't you? You could have brought the knife, too. Newspapers would pay a lot of money for this story back home. Now, look, now wait a minute, you, you, can... you two. Let's not start arguing. The whole thing is absolutely fantastic, but I don't think anybody's trying to pull anything. Well, and how can you explain it? I don't know. Strange things have happened to all of us in the three weeks since we left Earth. Yeah, yeah, you tried telling Earth about them. See what they have to say about it. I'm going to call up control. To be laughed at? No. To tell them we're short of fuel and may have difficulty landing. Oh. We'll look deeper into that diary and all that's connected with it before we breathe a word of it to anybody at home. Well, now, you're talking sense, Jen. We're not careful, all the reception we'll get will be from a bunch of psychiatrists. Get base, Lemmy, will you? Yes, mate. I can't understand it at all, Jet. I don't recall writing one word of any of this. Hello. Rocket ship Luna calling to Waller. Come in, please. Hello,
1: Luna. Standing by.
0: Hello, this is Morgan speaking.
1: Hello, Jet. Everything okay? You're dead on course. We're plotting you all the
0: way. We're out of fuel. What? Yes, and landing may be a bit tricky.
1: You can land, all right. You can glide in. and We've got bags of room for you. The whole outback is at your disposal.
0: Oh, I haven't any fear of not landing us safely. It's just that I can't guarantee to put her down on the launching ground. You may have to go out into the desert and look for us.
1: Well, don't worry, Jet. We'll be ready. We'll find you.
0: Good. I thought I'd better warn you now while there was plenty of time.
1: No other news?
0: No, nothing else. What news have you got? What's been happening back home?
1: You're the biggest news we've had for years. Oh, except for one thing.
0: Oh, what's that?
1: Well, there's been another flying saucer scare, the biggest we've had since the 1950s. What? And sighted over Australia by a dozen independent eyewitnesses. What
0: What, what did these saucers look like?
1: Like saucers, of course. Circular aircraft, anyway. About 20 of them flying at tremendous speed and in a circular formation. About well, half an hour ago, they were sighted over America. <laughs> You better keep a lookout for them, Jet. Maybe they're trying to steal your thunder.
0: Yes, we will. What
1: a lot of nonsense.
0: What makes you think so?
1: Something cooked up by the newspapers, inspired by your trip. What else could it be?
0: It could be a lot of things.
1: Don't tell me you believe
0: in them, Jit. Oh, I'm not saying I do or I don't. I don't believe or disbelieve anything until it's proved or otherwise.
1: Same here. When will you be calling again? In
0: two hours.
1: Right. I'll be listening.
0: Good luck on your return home and happy landing. Thanks. Thanks, Walla. Thanks a
1: lot. You've been listening to the final episode of Journey Into Space with Andrew Foles as Jet Morgan, Alfie Bass as Lemmy... Guy kingsley Pointer as Doc, and David Williams as Mitch. The part of The Time Traveller was played by Derek Giler, and other parts were played by David Jacobs. The orchestra was conducted by Van Phillips, who also composed the music. Journey Into Space was written and produced for the BBC by Charles Chilton.
2: Thank you for listening if you enjoy what I'm doing I ask you to please subscribe to my channel or channels well hope you enjoyed and until next time stay safe wish you well peace